You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, having said all of that, I'd like to wish you a happy new year. Happy New Year. It is, um, it is now officially New Year. I think we had a bit of an unofficial Happy New Year last year because it was last Sunday. Well, it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, last Sunday uh, because it was kind of New Year's Eve. Um, but 7th of January, I want to say Happy New Year. And I want to speak for a few minutes today uh, on a blessed year. A blessed year. I'd like to pray for you and speak over you that you may have a blessed year. Uh, I suppose if I was to ask who would like a blessed year, uh, probably most of us, if, we've, uh, if we're alive and we're thinking straight and we're not asleep, would say, yeah, I'd have a, like to have a blessed year. Is anyone would, like, would rather not have a blessed year? Okay, so we're all in this idea of a blessed year. We want our year to be blessed, right? To, to see, as the psalmist said, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The word blessed gets quite, uh, used quite a lot these days. It's a popular hashtag. Uh, I, I know a lot of Christians, they sign off their emails every blessing or something like that. You also might notice that, that Christians in the public eye, they use the word blessed a lot. It's their code of saying, I don't think that all the good things around my life are attributed to me, but I understand there is one higher, one of whom is said in the book of James, every good and perfect gift comes from the father of the heavenly lights, who doesn't change like shifting shadows. I, I don't know if we've got any uh, X Factor fans here t- today. I, I've, I, I, know, I know you're in church and you don't want to admit it, um, but I've got a confession that I, I actually got into X Factor in the last season. Uh, I've got a little girl, she's uh, now 11. I blame her for getting me in, but the truth be told, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, but uh, what happened if you I'm sure you're probably aware of what X Factor is. You may be too holy to have watched it in the last season. I get that. Um, you already know what it is. Um, and uh, it's a singing contest, if you like. And, um, but here's the thing that there was uh, one of the contestants who got to the, the final few was called Raelle. She's a 16-year-old girl uh, who is from a church family. She's Christian. And it got to this stage in the competition called the Six Chair Challenge. You could tell I really got into it, can't you? And um, <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's in Wembley Arena or somewhere, and uh, there's six chairs, and there's about 15 people, and they've got to choose the best six, and if you're good enough, you get a chair. And it's all high drama and high emotion. The crowd, I mean, it, gosh, it's like, you know, it's like the old gladiator arena, you know, they're baying for blood, and people are getting very emotional. And this 16-year-old girl, Rael, she's a Christian, and, and it gets down to, basically, there's two spaces left and three singers, and she's one of the three, and the judge decides they're going to have a sing-off. And the, the other two that are in this sing-off go into complete meltdown. They're crying. Other people are consoling them. The crowd shouted, Rael, she's cool as a cucumber. And, and it's, uh, it's really great because uh, this is like an unscripted bit, unrehearsed. We just say, right, I just want you to sing anything a cappella. And, uh, and then they come to Rael. They say, are you ready? She goes, I'm ready. And she starts singing. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Now, at that moment, I'm on my feet going, go on, Rael. You know, it's like getting like, really excited. Um, but, you know, later in the show, like, she's asked, you know, like, are you, you know, I enjoy the experience. She says, I feel so blessed. 
I feel so blessed. She's, what she's saying, she's saying, I, uh, this is great, I'm loving it, but I recognize it's a gift, it's a grace. The, the blessing comes from somewhere else. What does it mean to be blessed? Well, if you looked in the dictionary, you'd probably find words like happy or contented or glad, but, but the main Hebrew word in the Old Testament for blessed is barak, and it's a very broad term. It can be used to mean praise and uh, so that's why Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, or some other versions, praise the Lord, O my soul. It, it's Barak. It means that I may bless the Lord. But when the blessing of God comes upon us, the term Barak is really meant to invoke divine favor. That's what Barak means. That if you're blessed, and the Bible in many places, it speaks about blessed is the one who, or some of the older translations, blessed is the man who. Uh, Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not sit in the seat of mockers, but blessed is the one. Blessed, the one who lives like this invokes divine favor. That's what the Bible is saying. There's a blessing, there's the favor, there's the touch of God, the smile of God, the hand of God on our lives, if you like, the divine favor of God that is blessing, that is Barak. And so I'd like us to uh, turn to Jeremiah uh, chapter 17, and we're going to read some of these verses, blessed is the one who. Because my desire and my heart is that as a church, we would have a blessed year, that you would have a blessed year, but we have to understand, A, what that means, and B, how that might be so. Because I think as we read these words, what we find is that blessing is not luck. Blessing is something that we can position ourselves for. And this is what the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Blessed, not blessed might be one who trusts in the Lord and if everything goes well and they have a lucky year. No, no, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Just stop and think about that for a moment. We can leave the verses up. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. If you trust in the Lord, you are blessed. You might say, well, I don't feel like everything is going my way and I'm trying to trust in the Lord. Let me tell you, if you trust in the Lord, you're blessed. And we'll come and understand a little bit better what it means to be blessed. But that we might invoke divine favor over our lives. The smile of God will be over our lives if we trust in the Lord, if our confidence is in Him. But we position ourselves for that. And Jeremiah goes on to say, the Lord speaking through the prophet says this, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. We'll come back to this analogy before we're done, but who would like a year of no worries? Who would like a year of no fear? Now, it doesn't say a year of no heat. Right? It doesn't say a year of no drought, but I believe we can have a year of no fear and a year of no worries. Even if there's heat, even if there's drought, if we trust in the Lord, if our confidence is in Him, and this is the blessing of God that we can position ourselves for. I believe God wants us to live in His blessing and His favor. I'm sure it's not lost on you that the key right here, as Derek Kitcher says in his commentary, is in verse 7. The pivot, he says, is the word trust. Now, at one level, this is a very, very simple message. If you want a blessed year, just trust him. Trust him. 
If, you've, if you're on a journey to trusting him a bit more, you could have your most blessed year yet if you trust him more than you've ever trusted him before. If you've tried to shape out your life as one who trusts in the Lord, keep trusting in the Lord and allow divine favor to settle and rest upon your world. I believe this is the promise of God. You see, I believe we can speak blessing. I believe we can impart blessing. It's, it's almost a mystery that that would be so, but this is what the Bible teaches us. We can speak blessing upon people. We can pray blessing. Why we nearly always finish our services by speaking a blessing over those who have faith to receive the blessing of God because we believe our power, our words are spirit and our words are powerful. That God's desire and heart to bless you can be invoked even as we proclaim a blessing over one another. James 3.10 says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curses. He's saying that it shouldn't be that that happens, but within talking about taming the tongue and watching our words, he speaks that we can bless and we can curse out of our mouths. It's another subject, really, the power of blessing and curses. But there are some incredible stories in the earth of people who've understood the revelation of the power to bless and have seen situations transformed as they've spoken the blessing of God. Uh, Pastor Esther went to a retreat uh, place last year in the summer as part of her sabbatical called Fafaldi Brennan in, in Wales. An incredible uh, book. You can read the story. Is it Grace Outpouring? Grace, the Grace Outpouring. And it speaks about how they started to speak blessing even over the land where they were, and it became increasingly fruitful. It's incredible. I mean, it doesn't, at one level, surprise me that four years ago we started gathering with other churches and speaking a blessing over our city. We're praying that God would bless Coventry. And we start to see investment coming into the city. We start to see the economy increasing. We're awarded City of Culture. The football team even knocked Stoke City out yesterday. Now, I, now, I, I, now, now maybe I'm getting beyond myself here. You know, maybe it would be unwise to suggest that's the blessing of God because who knows they're going to play again next week. But, but we shouldn't be surprised if what we bless becomes blessed. I'm not surprised if what I bless receives blessing and manifests blessing. This is the power of our words. And yet, we have to understand that the biggest key to blessing is our own disposition. It's not having a word spoken over us. Let me help us understand what I'm saying here. You know, sometimes I have people come to me and say, Oh, pastor, we've just moved into a new house. Would you come round and speak a blessing over the home? Well, I'm not averse to doing that if my diary will allow. But, you know, if, if Esther and I, if we were to visit five people a week, you know, it would take us four years to get round. Whereas, actually, my question to a couple that would come and ask that is, are you trusting God? Are you praying in your home? Are you opening it up to be a place of hospitality? Are you playing worship over the stereo? Are you watching what's coming through the TV? Uh, is the Bible open in your home? Are you seeking to live according to His ways? Because if you are, your home is already blessed. You don't need me to come out and pray over it. It is blessed. You blessed it. You blessed it by opening the Bible in it. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Sometimes people will come and say, oh, we just got married. Will you pray a blessing over us? And, and of course, I'm always happy to pray a blessing over people. But the real question is, are you trusting God in your marriage? Are, are, is there a point of prayer together? 
Are you seeking to honor him uh, as a new father? Because if you are, your marriage is already blessed. And I can agree with you, but I can't do for you what you can do for yourself. DIY blessing. It, it, it comes from the Lord. You want a blessed year, it, it's not get Pastor Esther to lay hands on you. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Put your confidence in Him. You have a blessed year. You'll invoke divine favor. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to, always happy to pray for people. I hope you don't hear me wrong. I'm not averse to come into your home if the diary permits. But don't think there's magic in my words because really it's our trust in the Lord that opens up the windows of heaven over our lives. You want a blessed year? Well, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. His confidence is in Him. We live according to His ways. We live according to His word. My favorite New Year quote that I heard this year was, never ask a clock to do what a decision has to do. Never ask a clock to do what a decision has to do. What does that mean? It means to say, don't think that your life's going to change because the calendar turned. Your life will change if you make a decision in line with the Word of God. Don't expect the calendar to change your life. It's a decision that I'm going to trust Him more than I've ever trusted Him before. That's what's going to bring the change, not, not the passing of, of a month or a year or a digit on the dial. This is the promise of the Bible. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. It means God is first thought, not last resort. Before Christmas, I caught up with someone who had been in a relationship with someone that was in another country who was believing that it was God's will for them to come to the UK. But in trying to forge a journey, tried to make things happen in their own strength, and even to the point where they started stealing from their own family. And this person here had the wisdom to break the relationship off. Now, why am I saying that? Well, preceding these verses, this is what it says in Jeremiah 17. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wasteland. They'll not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in the salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Now, these are strong words. We can find it difficult because we understand that in Christ there is no condemnation. Can we live under a curse? Well, this is saying cursed is the one whose heart is turned away from the Lord. That person is not under divine favor. That person is not under blessing. You see, sometimes I think we think we're Christian because we declare ourselves to be so. You say, am I, you know, are you a religious person? Yes, I'm a Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian, your own confession. I'm a Christian if I'm a follower of Christ, and if I'm a follower of Christ, I will trust him. I will seek to walk in his ways. I will, my confidence will be in him, not because my grandma went to church or, or I have a Bible on my bookshelf. Hello? It's gone very quiet in here. It's all right. I'm just saying, actually, that we want to invoke the favor of God. Well, let's live as Christians. Let's trust him. Let's follow him. Let's allow his ways to be present in our lives. And we will walk in divine favor. This is the message of the Bible. In September, we had our three days of prayer and fasting. And I had something happen to me that uh, I don't think has ever happened quite like this before. Uh, we'd been downstairs praying in a lunchtime hour. And, and as I came up out of the building into the car park here, I stepped out of the door 
And in my spirit, I can only, I can't explain it better than this, but in my spirit, I saw uh, over uh, on what is Rainbow's Pub's car park, a building. And it was, it was two or three stories high, and it was stilted over our car park. I mean, I, I could see it as I stood there. I, I, I didn't actually, it wasn't present, but I could vis, visibly and vividly, I saw it. And I was like, wow. Now, the thing is, uh, Rainbow's Pub has been on, on there for year, years and years and years. And lots of people, you, you don't need a word of knowledge to go, oh, that's an interesting uh, piece of property. Or, I wonder if we'll ever own that. And people have come and said, oh, that would be a great prayer house. That would be a great this. That would be a great that. I've never, ever considered that little strip of car park. But I saw something. I was like, Lord, what are you saying to me? Is that, is that a building that we're going to build? And I just, I had this sense that there was some business at some point. Now, I can't guarantee you that we'll end up buying that land and building that building, but I know that I saw something, and, and I'd, I'd probably be more inclined to think that will happen than it won't happen, but ultimately, it's up to the Lord. So I, in, a, in the prayer meeting later that night, I shared this about 11 o'clock, because kind of the hardcore was still there, and I said, look, guys, I'm going to share this. I, I saw this today, and, and I'd like you as the prayers to put this on your prayer agenda. Now, interesting. Uh, this week, uh, Rainbow's closed. I don't know, you, some of you will have seen it in the news. There are a lot of people texting us in. It's like, yeah, we, we've seen it, and we've, uh, which is great. It's exciting. But people are excited, going, wow, what's happening? They had a 15-year lease to run on that property, but over Christmas, it's closed, and it's now up for lease. Now, before we get ahead of ourselves, there's a business lease on it as a pub. It's £55,000 per year. There's another £50,000 worth of business rates attached to that. So as things stand, it's a very expensive prayer house. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not suggesting for a moment that we should go in with a commercial bid. But here's the point. Our confidence is in the Lord. Our confidence isn't in our negotiating power, in our networking or connectedness, or in our financial strength or otherwise. Our confidence is in the Lord. And so we continue to pray that if He wants us to have it in this season, He'll make a way. You see, somebody may come and, and rent it and it goes in another phase. But if there's no commercial interest whatsoever, then maybe the owners will not just want to lease it, maybe they'll want to sell it. But our confidence is in the Lord. We're not going to try and work it out in our own strength. We're going to depend upon Him. And what's going to happen is sooner or later, we'll experience, we'll invoke what I'm going to call divine favor. Because that's what happens. That's what happens when we trust God. That's what happens in our own lives. You know, there's so many times in my own life where I've experienced what I might call divine favor, the goodness of God. You know, we shared last year how, how we ended up having an incredible experience as a family. What had happened in the autumn of 2016, we had a vision offering and we felt the Lord speak to us as a family to, to make a pledge for an amount of money that was beyond us. We had a little bit of money saved up and we cleared that out. We paired back our budget. There was another bit beyond us. And we said to the kids, look, we feel God's spoken to us, so we're going to do this thing. But uh, we would believe that We've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. You can't outgive God and he's no man's debtor. So sooner or later, we're going to see the blessing and favor of God, but it's not why we're doing it. And it may mean that next year, now 2017, we probably won't be able to go away on holiday as a family. And the kids are like, oh, okay. But we're like, listen, this is it. We're trusting God. And then, as some of you know from 
From March to May, we started getting given money from unsolicited sources. People got in touch who hadn't been in touch for over a year, different places in the UK, sending us money, going, this is for your summer holidays. Like, well, we didn't tell anyone about summer holidays. And then we ended up, we're going to book something in Europe, and the Lord spoke to Esther that it wasn't Europe. And later that day, I had a meeting with a guy I don't even know very well, who said, I've got a home in Florida. Uh, would you like to have it for two weeks? And then we didn't have enough money to buy the flights, but then somebody looked for us and found half-price flights, and we had enough money to book them, so we booked them. But the strange thing was we had an overnight in a city that was unrelated to where we were staying. And I'm telling the story to someone else who said, oh, I know the general manager of the Hilton Hotel in that city. Let me get you in. And I, the Lord is an amazing holiday planner. <laughs> but, but, you know, some people came when we told that story in September. Some people actually came to me at the end and said, wow, I love that story. Would you pray for me? Because I want to go to Florida. <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm going, okay, what? 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 It's like... Did you hear the first part of the story? It's like, you know, I can't guarantee if you trust the Lord like we trust the Lord, you'll get the answer like we got the answer. But if you want to invoke divine favor, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, and we've got so many stories in our lives that we could share with the kindness and the goodness of God that we hadn't gone after, but he gave us anyway. But they all begin with a decision to trust him. You want a blessed year, then trust him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, let me also help us to understand this. And sometimes stories like that, they're easy to tell because they're easy illustrations. But material blessing is only a very small subset of what divine favor looks like. Let me say that again. Material blessing, I believe it is a subset of divine favor. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. But it's only a small subset of what divine favor looks like. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 said, He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Wow. That means that if I'm thrown into prison for my faith, I'm still blessed. It means that if everything the Lord has entrusted into my hands materially at this point in time is taken away... I'm still blessed. It means there's nothing you can do to me that will take away the fact that I'm blessed in Christ Jesus because he's blessed me with every spiritual blessing. Wow. Wow, what a thought. You know, if the gospel that is preached is not a gospel for the whole world, I don't believe it's the true gospel of Jesus. And the idea that divine blessing, divine favor can come to anybody, anywhere is a true promise from God, and it must mean that material blessing is but a small subset of that. You know, divine favor is much more than stuff. It certainly is not the presence of comfort or the absence of trial, as much as we might crave those things sometimes. I, I dare say we will all face some challenges through 2018 that if we could choose and elect to not have, we, we would choose to be without but the blessing of God, as Esther's already said, can be the presence of God through the trial, not the removal of the trial. And here we see Jeremiah coming and illustrating what this blessing might look like. And we see a tree, and we see a tree that is planted, rooted, fearless, and fruitful. And just for a few minutes as we, as we come towards a conclusion, I, I want to consider these four phrases. First, he planted. They're like a tree planted by the water. 
You know, planted is to be fixed and steady, positioned by the planter. You know, if you dig something up and you plant it, you cover its roots. There's a covering. There's a safety about being planted. Now, I believe first and foremost, God wants us planted in him. Remain in me, John 15, and let my words remain in you, and you will bear much fruit, and we'll come back to this idea. Planted in Christ. I believe as God works in us, we become planted. This is the promise of Isaiah 61 that says, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of despair. They will then be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. What does that mean? It means that as God gets to work in our lives, as, God, as, as we allow God to work in us and remove heaviness and bring forth praise as he, he, we allow him to lift mourning off us and bring joy as we see his transformational life at work in us we become oaks of righteousness a planting of the lord we are planted in god there is something good about being planted in god there is something where we see the blessing and favor of god how do we be planted well we just keep trusting we remain in him. We allow his work in our lives. Also, he plants us within his body, the body of Christ, his church. Psalm 92 says, the righteous will flourish like a tree, like a palm tree. They'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. That's where the righteous will be, planted in the house of the Lord. And I want to encourage us to, to make sure this year, if you want the blessing of God, be planted in the house of the Lord. If you're visiting here today, then may you be blessed as you're here, but may you go back to the place that's home for you and remain planted there. You know, I remember when I first got saved, I, I found a church to belong to, and I got planted in that church. Uh, I got stuck in. I started to serve. I, I got connected. I, I got myself into community. I started to pray. I started to give. I, I made a contribution. I was planted for 25 years until the Lord uprooted us and planted us here. I didn't treat the body of Christ like a consumer, but allow the planter to plant me. You know, sometimes another man's grass may be greener, but let me tell you, it still needs mowing. And sometimes, you know, another, uh, another church's grass may look greener than CLM's. You might be from somewhere else, and CLM's grass may look greener than the place you come from. Let me tell you, it still needs mowing. The question is, where's the Lord planted you? Or where is the Lord planting you if you're in a season of replanting but let's not be too quick that we're replanting ourselves when he never wanted us to go anywhere planted in the house of the lord secondly rooted it's great that we're we're running this discipleship journey i'm so excited about what god is going to do as we get into the word as we allow ourselves to meditate on his truths as we invite the holy spirit to be at work as we share within the context of christ-centered community there's going to be a transformational work and our roots will go deeper that's part of what will happen i remember when i was first a christian started to get into the word and my roots started to go down going through some tough times and and press choosing to press into god blessed is the one who trusts in the lord he's like a tree rooted by the stream in the tough times, pressing into God, making a choice to lean towards Him, not away from Him. And my roots started to go deeper in Him. This is how God works with us. And you know what happens with a tree is its roots are both its source of life 
as it draws from the nutrients and also its source of stability. And as our, we allow our roots to go into him. Encourage you, engage with our three days of prayer and fasting this week. Do what you can within the context of your life and your world. If you can come and join us for prayer, come and join us for prayer. As we push into God, as we pray and as we fast, our roots will go deeper. And it means we will be better positioned to draw from Him in a time of trial. And also we will be stabilized and steady. Jesus speaking the parable of the sower as it's come to be known, Matthew 13 speaks about how different people receive the word. And he says, the one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is like the man who hears the word, receives it with joy, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. My friends, we have to position ourselves that our roots go deeper into him, planted and rooted. Hebrews 6 we sang it already in our service. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus has entered on our behalf. What does this mean? It means Jesus is in the holy place and my anchor is in him. My anchor holds within the veil. That which I cannot see with my literal eye, but I know I am secure in that place. It's like the roots of a tree. The storms may come, but my anchor holds within the veil. It holds beyond a place that I could have got myself, and I am secure in that place. As I trust in him, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be rooted. If you want to get more rooted, just keep trusting. Just keep trusting. When the storms come, trust his word. Trust his ways. Be planted in the house of the Lord because he encourages us to be present in the gathering of God's people. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, he says in Hebrews 10, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. These are his ways. We trust him when we live in his ways. I hope this is making sense to you. The third idea here, as well as being like a planted tree and a rooted tree, uh, Jeremiah goes on to say, the tree won't fear when the heat comes. Well, that's an interesting idea. I didn't know a tree could get fearful. Well, why, why is this here? Because actually, he's speaking about us. No worries in a year of drought. We find that when we're planted and rooted, we trust in God. That when the heat comes, when the drought comes, when the time of testing comes, yes, there may be a battle over fear. Yes, there may be a battle over anxiety. But in him, we can find our peace. My friends, in him, we can find our peace. Maybe you're going through a battle right now. Maybe something's kicked off in your world and you're in a place of anxiety and fear. Trust in the Lord and you'll find your place of peace in Him. You might say, I don't know how to find your place, my place of peace. Well, come and allow the prayer ministry team to pray with you. Make a start. Get in a life group. But journey. Put yourself in a place of trust, of planting and rootedness and you'll find when the heat comes, you don't need to fear. We keep trusting in Him this week. Esther and I uh, saw a program on TBN. We're, we're good friends with the guys at Audacious Church Manchester and um, good friends with Glyn who, Barrett who leads that church. And there was a program they were running called Staying Power and his wife Sophia was interviewing uh, a lady called Michelle Steele. Michelle's married to Mark who spoke at our young adults uh, a few years ago and I know Mark well. And um, 
Michelle's telling her story of how when she gave birth to their first son, Samuel, she became extremely ill and was, was diagnosed as having bone marrow failure. It's a very, very serious condition that she had. She was extremely sick. She was on chemotherapy, and, and, and she needed a bone marrow transplant. They managed to find a match for her, but there are no guarantees with a bone marrow transplant. And if you don't take, if you reject it, you can die. And she was telling her story, and it was so beautiful, and it was so powerful, because she talked about how she got up in the night, she's just got this little boy, she's at home, she's on chemo, the prognosis is she might not make it, and she cried out to God in the middle of the night, saying, oh God, you know, speak to me. And in that place, she saw the picture of the, the four men in the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and a fourth man that the Bible says, who looked like the son of man. And she knew that God was saying, I'm going to be with you in the fiery furnace. As you go through this, I will be with you there. And she said the Lord spoke to her through Isaiah 43. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And she said, in that moment, I knew I was going to be okay. And it showed a picture of her, her hospital room with scriptures all round the wall. She said, I just wanted to have the word of God in front of me. And all the side effects that she was told she would probably have, she didn't have any of them. And went through this operation and came through and is well and strong and healthy. And it was, it was so beautiful and so amazing. Let me tell you, when we hold on to God, when we're planted and rooted, we do not need to fear when the heat comes. We can have no worries in a year of drought. And I'm not prophesying heat or drought. I'm just saying this is the blessing of the Lord. This is the blessing of the Lord. I'm not saying we won't experience financial breakthrough, promotion at work, his provision of good things, but actually the blessing of the Lord is to have no worries when the heat comes, to have no fear, to know that we are his and our times are in his hands. Lamar, why don't you come as we just consider for a moment fruitful. The amazing thing about this story was that Michelle's healing, and, and, uh, but also her positioning through the trial so impressed the consultant that another guy uh, in Wigan Hospital there up in Manchester was diagnosed with exactly the same condition and it's very rare. He was a guy in his 60s as I understand it. And so the consultant phoned up Michelle and said, would you be willing to meet this guy? And she said, I, I, I met him in this coffee shop. This was a guy, I think he'd been to church once, didn't know anything about Jesus. He's in his 60s. He's diagnosed with bone marrow failure. And he meets Michelle. And Michelle tells her story of how God pulled her through. The next Sunday, he went to church with her four days before his operation, gave his life to Jesus. Went through his operation. He too came through totally healed, no side effects. And there they are sitting on the sofa telling their story. Fruitful. Fruitful. This is the promise of God. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, they will never fail to bear fruit. You know, I, I want to say the greatest blessing in my life has not been the provision of jobs or finance. And we've got some hair-raising stories to tell of the goodness of God in our lives. And some of you have heard some of those stories, but it's not that stuff. The greatest blessing of my life has been the times when I know God's used me to be used by the creator of the cosmos. To be able to share him with somebody else and lead someone to Jesus. To be able to pray for someone who's sick and 
see them get healed, to bring a life-giving word to somebody and know that it changed their situation. There's nothing like it on the planet, friends. And I believe in this year as a church, we will be more fruitful than we've ever been as we trust Him more than we've ever trusted Him. This is the promise of God. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. His confidence is in Him. They will never fail to bear fruit. And I believe our lives will be more fruitful. We will lead more people to Jesus. Some of us that that are not so good at sharing our story will get better at sharing our story. That we'll step out in faith. We'll step out and, and bring His Word to broken people in desperate situations. We will be the answer to people's prayers. And we will pray with people and see their miracle come through. And we will know that God has used us. I want to tell you, there's nothing like it on the planet. And all the kindness and favor of God that we've seen, and all these things will be added to you. Honestly, I'm grateful to God for His grace, but you could take or leave them compared to the knowledge of knowing that God used your life. Maybe you have a dream in your heart to, to do something for God. And it's there and you can't shake it off and you don't know how it can ever come to pass. Just trust in the Lord. Put your confidence in Him. He can bring it to pass. Why the band come and join me as they do? Uh, let me share a final story this morning, this afternoon. One of my great joys last year was uh, going over uh, to Malaysia and Singapore in the middle of the year uh, and connecting with some other pastors that are in the same mentoring network that we're in. I'm meeting a beautiful couple called Terence and Deborah, who are Singaporeans, but they're missionaries in Cambodia. My understanding is they sold up everything and, and went out to serve the Lord in Cambodia. And they're out serving the Lord in Cambodia. And the Lord speaks to Deborah. She's telling her story to me and tells her to write a book. She's got some things in her, some truths in her. She's never really entertained that she might write a book, but the Holy Spirit starts getting on a case to write a book. And so she begins to write. And as she's writing, she knows there is life-giving words coming down on this page, but they have no money to print any books. And then the Lord speaks to about how many to get printed, and it's way beyond what they can do. And she costs it up, and she looks in Cambodia, she looks in Singapore, she finds some printers in Malaysia that were going to print the number of books she needs for 10,000 ringgits. 10,000 ringgits is about 2,000 pounds. And she's saying, Lord, I don't know how this is going to be possible. But she knows there is fruitfulness inside of this book. So she makes an agreement, as I understand it, that she's going to get this book printed. And she goes on a scheduled visit back to Singapore. And while she's there, she gets a Facebook connection from a guy she hasn't heard from for 15 years. He was in their youth group together. And she says, hey, I've just found you on Facebook. Is this you? And Flight says, yeah, this is me. And how you doing? And, and, and all of that. And then he says, are you in Singapore? She says, well, I, normally I'm in Cambodia now, but I happen to be in Singapore. He says, I need to meet you. I've got something to give you. And you can guess where this is going. But he's on his lunch break, and they make a, a place to meet in Singapore. And, uh, and he comes, they haven't seen each other for 15 years. He says, I'm really, really sorry. I can't stop but I need to give you this. I've got some sweets for your kids. And she's like, what? There's a lot of drama for a few sweets. And then as he turns to go, he says, oh, there's something else in the bag as well. And as he goes, she, she looks and there's an envelope in the bag. And in the envelope, it's, it's not only that it's the value of the print, it's in ringgits. There's 10,000 Malaysian ringgits there in Singapore. 
And, and he contacts her later and says, I'm sorry I couldn't get it changed into dollars. I only had the cash in ringgits when I knew I only had today to meet you. I needed it in ringgits. Listen, blessed is he who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, who never failed to bear fruit. Now, as we come to land this message, I've got to ask you, are you going to trust him? Are you going to trust Are we going to trust him? And I know we're a church, we always position ourselves to trust him. But let me come and ask again, will we trust him again? Will we trust him all the more? Will our confidence be placed in him? Deuteronomy chapter 30, Moses is about to go and be with the Lord and he speaks to Israel. He says, now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, his decrees, his laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now choose life that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I set before you blessing and curse, now choose life. And I want to ask us today, will we respond? Will we say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I I choose to place my confidence in you. Because I'd love to speak a blessing over you for a blessed year. That you may be planted, rooted, fearless, and fruitful. Moses said to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to love the Lord, to listen to his voice, to hold fast to him. And I wonder if you, your heart says yes. You might be on a journey of trust, but your heart says yes, that you join me and stand and allow me to speak a blessing over your life. I'm excited to think what God can do with a community like ours if we position ourselves to trust him like never before. We'll see fruit like we've never seen before. We'll see transformed lives like we've never seen before. We'll see the and also that comes from God. If you're able to, why don't you open your hands with me? Lord, we pray, would you help us? Help us to trust you. Help us, Lord, not just to to say the words, to stand because it's easier than remaining seated. Lord, we, we pray, would you help us? Help us to trust you. Help us to place our confidence in you. Help us, Lord, to surrender the things that we struggle to surrender. Lord, we, we ask, would you help us to be like Jeremiah's tree? Lord, that we might be blessed, we might invoke divine favor because we trust in the Lord, because our confidence is in you. And so I pray for your people. I pray for my brothers and sisters here standing in this moment. May you find a new place of trust. May you find a fresh confidence in your God. And as you do, may you be planted like a tree by the waters. May you be strong and secure. May you be rooted in him that when the trials come, you will not fear in the heat. You will have no worries should there be any drought in your life, but you will trust and you will know the goodness of God. And may your leaves be always green. 
May you be fruitful, not from time to time, but every day of 2018. May your life be a fruitful life. May God do in you and through you more than you ever dared to dream or imagine. May your life be the conduit of God to the world around you. May, may you be the answer to the world that you connect with. May your life be the Bible that some people, uh, it's going to be the only Bible they read this year. May you bear fruit. May you know joy. May you know divine favor. May you invoke it as you trust Him. And may you walk in it all the days of your life. Father, we thank you that your heart is to bless us. We thank you your face is turned towards us. Help us to stay trusting in you that we might see the blessing of Almighty God.